Hey winner, I'm so glad that you tuned in to Red Hot Mindset today and I have got a special treat for you. The guest today exudes all things positivity and gratitude. She is an excuse remover and there's a story behind it and I get to share it with you today. Now before we go any further, I wanted to ask you if you are liking these episodes so far, if you've been tuning in for a while, would you consider leaving a review for me? Because this is a way that other people can find the podcast, other women can find it and listen and be blessed. And if you like today's episode, make sure to take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform. If you're on Insta, tag me at Red Hot Mindset. So this podcast has been running for about six months now and it has been a joy for me to do. I have really loved being able to sit down and talk with other women about their struggle victory stories and to be able to bring mindset on the solo episodes. So I'm hoping that you are enjoying it. If you are, feel free to share it out and let's bring other women into the community. So I have to ask myself, how many times have I made excuses because I didn't feel like it? I, or I don't think I have what it takes, or maybe it just seems too hard. But God wants to use our weaknesses, our pains, our trials, and he wants to turn them into our message. Today's guest is a perfect example of this. A flesh-eating bacteria left her in a three-week coma, and she lost all four of her limbs, becoming a quadruple amputee. Life would never be the same as she once knew it, but after a while, she chose to use her experience to empower others in gratitude and kindness and positivity and faith, and that is when One Exceptional Life was born. Wendy Wallace is a wife, mom, Christian inspiration blogger, and an author. She is also a quadruple amputee. You can find her at oneexceptionallife.com where she blogs about overcoming challenges, Christian living, gratitude, kindness, positivity, and amputee life. I'm really excited to dive into her story today, and I do think that you will be blessed through it. So let's get chatting. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can realize your full potential. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can move confidently toward your goals. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Gabe. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I look so forward to hearing a little bit more about your story. But before we go into it too far, I want to hear just a little bit about you and your family. Sure. Um, I am, I've always been a stay-at-home mom, actually, since our, our first child was born 27 years ago. It's hard to imagine. Um, and I have three kids. My husband and I just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. And all our kids are in their 20s on their own, doing their own thing. The youngest one is married. And that's a challenge. Just trying to parent 20-something kids is just crazy. But um, it's great. Everybody's happy and healthy. And we're just living the dream. I love it. That could be a podcast in itself, talking about how to parent teen or kids who are grown up now because <laughs> I'm sure it is different because you have less control it's a little bit uh you know you got to let them make their choices or their mistakes or their successes or whatever it is and yeah I'm sure it's pretty interesting it is it, it, I always say it's harder parenting an adult than it is a teenager or a two-year-old because you just you know sometimes they ask for help most of the time they don't and I even hear, why can't you just let me make mistakes and learn from them? So it's hard to watch, but when it all works out, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. And I have next, uh, so in September, my 
my oldest will be 13. Uh, this probably is airing after September, but so, so my oldest is 13. So we we're moving into that teenage year and it's just interesting, um, how that works. I mean, he's a good kid, so we don't worry too much about him, but it is, it's that letting go, letting them just do their thing and letting them fall and it's okay. But, um, but, and then you just want to, you just want to dust them up. You want to like keep them from falling, but you know, that they learn, they learn by doing, and we have to be okay with that sometimes, but. <laughs> it's, it's like, that, you know, when they're little and they fall down and you wait to hear them scream before you go and, and make a big scene out of them falling, only in a bigger way. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> bigger choices, bigger decisions, they, that can affect their whole life, right? So. What happens and then you're like, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, well, I am so excited to have you here. Um, this is, I've been waiting for this day. I just thought it would be a really special interview. Um, but I want to kind of bring us back to 2011 uh, when your journey kind of started, a new journey, um, and hear your experience with this flesh-eating bacteria. Um, do, you, do you know how you contracted it? Um, tell us a little bit about it. And what was your timeline and process in this, this major medical hurdle that you had? Well, I have no idea where it originated. Um, the doctors couldn't determine it. Um, my best guess is it's ingrown hair. Oh, wow. And I contracted what I thought was the flu at the time. And, you know, it was in bed for a couple of days. And my husband kept saying, let's go to the hospital. And I'm like, no, nah, it'll blow off. It'll be fine. But I got to the point where I couldn't get up. And finally I said, all right, let's go. On the way to the hospital, I found myself not being able to breathe. We actually pulled over and called the ambulance to come and get me. And from that point, I think I have one memory where they tried to put the oxygen mask on me in the hospital and I'm like really claustrophobic. So I'm like, ah, get that thing off me. <laughs> I know you have those little tiny nose things, put that in me and sell instead. That was it. And I think it was the next morning I um, was life flighted up to Dartmouth. They mm -hmm. diagnosed, it's called, um, necrotizing fasciitis, it's flesh-eating bacteria. They diagnosed it right there in the hospital and they knew they couldn't handle it. So they, they got me on the helicopter and I took off. I was in a coma, uh, medically induced coma about three weeks. And at one point I do remember them waking me up and telling me, look, we gotta save your life. We gotta take your hands and feet. And I'm like, what are you going to do? You know, live or die. This is the decision. So I was like, okay. That was it. I was awake for five minutes. And I do remember seeing my hands. And they were black. And they were just rough. They didn't even look like hands. It was horrible. So that's way I went back to sleep. When I woke up, I didn't have my hands or feet. And I'm sorry, I'm really emotional sometimes. It's okay. Um, I just remember praying my um, favorite verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Oh, me Trust too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. Hmm. And I said, okay, this is what is in store for me. I know you'll help me. And I was in the hospital total uh, two months, and then I went to rehab for a whole nother month. So, you know, I was away from home for about three months. And from there, you know, you start the process of getting prosthetics, and um, I was in a wheelchair for a while, but I was anxious. I wanted to get on, you know, I didn't want to be stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. So, um, the prosthetic leg process went pretty easy. Um, it was hard learning how to walk all over again. But um, I did get prosthetic arms, really cool 
um, they're called myoelectric, and they um, run off the nerve impulses in your arms to make the, the hands, the fingers move and, and stuff like that. But they were clunky. They were heavy. Mm. And all I could do was open and close my hands. And so all these months of going through the process of getting the hands, and I just decided, you know what? I can do more with this. I'll tell you about my little stylus here in a minute. Yes, totally. And I could with those super expensive, clunky, heavy things. So those went in a bag. And I rely wholly on just my prosthetic legs. Um, if I've got pants on, you would never know. Because I can walk just like anybody else. And it's kind of cool that... Um, you know, almost, I, I feel guilty sometimes because I do have a handicap placard on my car and I feel guilty sometimes parking there. And always, always when I have my kids with me and they're driving, they refuse to park there because they're like, eh, <laughs> you can walk while you take a that spot. That's somebody else who really needs it. Use it. You know, it took me a while to bounce back mentally. Uh, I wouldn't call it depressed. I think I was bored and, and I, I didn't know what I could do without my hands. And long story short, that took about seven years. And it was funny. Um, my kids were always pushing me. My husband was like, you you know, come into it. When you're ready, you'll figure it out. I support you. My husband is the most wonderful man on the planet. I support you. I'll help you, whatever you need, just whatever you figure out. Well, my daughter, she's our middle child, and she's always pushing me. And she comes to me one day and she's like, you know what? I want to go tubing down the river, and you're coming with me whether you like it or not. And I'm like, are you nuts? You're going to take a woman with no hands and feet, stick her in a tube, and float her down the river. I love it. Had you swum? Have you, had you been in the water at all in between in that seven years? or Just like in an inner tube. Okay. And the thing is, like, never try, you know, because you, you think, okay, take the legs off. Well, when you're in a tube and you pull up onto the sand and try and get your legs in, there's a lot of leverage that is involved in getting the legs on. You kind of they have to come at it from a higher position and go down and push down into them because there's a locking mechanism you've got to snap into. Okay. Well, when I'm at the beach on the sand, I can't get them on. So I, you know, it wasn't something we did regularly. I'd been in the water a couple of times, but mostly somebody was holding on to me or I was in an inner tube. So I thought this was the most outrageous idea she could come up with, but she was not taking no for an answer. And so I had an older pair of legs. Um, the legs that I have now are um, like hydraulic battery uh, powered, so they can't get wet. But I had an older pair of legs and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna leave these on. It was just all metal. Oh my gosh. I cried for two days. I was scared out of my mind that she was going to, I was just going to drown in the middle of the river. So finally like, nope, we're doing it. Let's do it. So first of all, we didn't even have an inner tube, but it took us half a day trying to even find an inner tube. I think it was, yeah, it was July um, and everybody was sold out. We finally found one and we got down there. The river was low. And just, there was no current. We kept getting stuck on rocks. And she was like hanging on to me with her arm the whole time. And then we get stuck on a rock and she'd have to maneuver everybody. Yeah. And I would say it took us about three hours mm -hmm. to go maybe a couple of miles. Okay. And the whole time we were like, you know, this is pretty awesome. I can't believe I did this. And she's like, look at you go. You can do anything now. And we came up with this plan that I was going to um, share my adventures with the world. Hmm. And everybody kept telling me, you should read a book. Your story is awesome. You should read a book. And I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't want to write a book. But then the topic of a blog 
came up and I thought this might be something that I could do. So the whole time we're like, we're going to do this. And, and my daughter calls me big tater for some reason. I have, I can't tell you where it comes from, but the, um, we were going to title it tater takes on Boston and tater does this and tater does that. And thankfully that didn't pan out, <laughs> but, um, I did end up on one exceptional life because turns out it's not so bad. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I've been blogging and, and my, um, my tagline is really overcoming challenges through faith, gratitude, kindness, and positivity. Because those were the things that really made all the difference in my success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's something I would love to talk about too, is the gratitude side. Because, um, But I want to hear a little bit, I want to go back again to the hospital. When you woke up, was there, I mean, what was the emotion? What was the feeling that you first had once you woke up? I don't know. <laughs> you don't remember. That's okay. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I would have to say probably just where are we going to go from here? Mm -hmm. How are we going to get through this? And right. what happens next? Because I'm not staying in the bed and I'm not staying in a wheelchair. So let's do what we have to do to put this behind us and get on with things. Right. And, you know, I say that period of seven years is almost like a big old pity party, but I think more it was just a period of just, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, it was just, okay, just, let's just do what we have to do. Yeah. Well, and you've been, you've been kind of not a busybody, but for 27 years as a stay at home mom, you always had something. You always had some sort of business or something that you were doing to try and contribute. Um, and when this happened, it probably, for a while there, you didn't have anything. So how did um, that change for you? Was was it kind of you just went from doing things to not not doing them for a while? Or did you try, um, fail and adjust in there? I had a business that I started in 2002. I, it's still there. It's still running in the background. And that's a, a huge old blessing. And you know, but when, when I came home and was ready to just, you know, dig into things, I felt like, I don't know if this is what I want anymore. Hmm. I know that it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. And I can always, you know, go back to it here and there if I need to, or full time if I want to. But it was just one of those and, and even before I got sick, I was in that mindset that I don't know if this is what I want. And so I think that the illness kind of pushed me over that line to make a decision on it. So, um, but, you know, what was cool is the business really, in addition to family, of course, because um, my husband just was there 24 seven. Mm. And so he wasn't working and his company supported him. My company supported us. The money kept coming in and God was just there every step of the way. We didn't have any debt when it was over. Wow. And, you know, it just, the business was there when we needed it, but it was time to move on. Gotcha. Isn't that cool though? Like, the fact that God just meets our needs. We don't know how it all comes together. And just like he said, he clothes, if he's going to clothe the lilies, uh, you know, and feed the birds, how much more does he love us and care for us? And it doesn't mean that our plans are all going to work out, but it means that his plan will, and he yeah. will prevail and he will take care of us. And I think that's the fact that you came out of it, no debt and provided for That's just amazing. And that just shows that God had control in it all, like that he was overseeing it and uh, going to use it. And that's what I, one thing I, I know that, that he probably disciplines us sometimes, but I don't think most bad comes from him. 
But I think that if we're willing, he'll use it. And I think that's exactly what you did is took that bad and turned it into a message. And I think that's brave because a lot of times, and maybe you thought, oh, I had seven years of maybe a pity party. But at the same time, I think there's a grief process. There's a process of trying to understand what we're going through. And maybe it's longer for some than others. But then instead of just staying there, you decided to do something with it. And I think that's what's really special about your message. And, um, you know, when your kids, your kids were teenagers at the time. And so what was, what, what what did they go through? What were they feeling? It seems like they kind of, I mean, they believed in you because your daughter wouldn't have taken you tubing if she didn't believe in you. So what were some of the things that they experienced through it all? Um, During the hospital event, um, the youngest one, he's 13. He's always been super emotional. He just crumbled. The other two, and my kids are just bizarre. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but the older two cope with stress and sadness with humor. Hmm. And they're very sarcastic. And I think they probably ticked a lot of people off because they would laugh well, mom was out cold in a coma, you know, and it was the only way that they could cope. Mm. And, you know, they'd try and bring Matthew, the youngest one in, he just didn't want anything to do with them. You guys are weird. Just go off and do your thing and leave me alone. And, you know, but everybody got through it. And when you had asked me, you know, how, how um, did they deal even, you know, later, my family just came together and, you know, cause I sent a text message to my kids yesterday. I said, okay, this is the question that we need to address. What's your answer? And they all said, you know what? We knew we still had mom. Hmm. We knew you needed help. They cooked, they cleaned, they helped me any way they could. They didn't, complain or well yeah they did sometimes and they're like I'm so tired of this I'm like look at me come on (laughs) they were tired of this um but they were awesome and they just did what they had to do to make everything work and make everybody happy and comfortable and just get the job done and I think through that they were always mature but I, I don't want to say it made them mature faster. I think it just made them more responsible faster. Hmm. And so now I know wherever they are, and not one of them is in my time zone, but <laughs> I know they can take care of themselves. And, you know, even from, I kids think it's weird if there's a 20-year-old or even a teenager who doesn't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. They just think that, why not? Everybody should cook. It's great. <laughs> but it was the stuff like that that, you know, I might have been sitting down, but I was still doing the mom thing the day I came home from the hospital. Yeah. And uh, I have a great family. Oh, that's so cool. It's cool that they like we're ready to pitch in and contribute. And I think it's, it was a great life lesson for them because they learned how to do all these things that many people don't learn in their childhood. And I think one of the big things, especially for my kids that I want to teach them is personal responsibility, because I think that's huge. And in life, if we don't have that, then we're going to start blaming other people for our problems or, you know, doing all the things and, and not being willing to take care of ourselves. And that personal responsibility is huge. And the people who have it, uh, they do exude that maturity. So they, that's probably why um, you thought the maturity, because that personal responsibility, I mean, that set them up for life. And that was something that you taught them. And I think that's, that is um, a huge blessing to them. And the fact that they aren't taking things for granted, I'm sure this changed you guys' life in, in taking things for granted and knowing that we have one life and we need to make the most of it and do what we can with it. 
And I, I want to, I think that the gratitude is a part of that. So not take anything for granted is that I want to hear a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned through it. I'm guessing gratitude is one of them. Did you start using it to kind of help you um, heal? What was your healing process like in the emotions and the mindset? Well, you know, they say, you, you, the, I don't know how many stages of grief, but you can't move on to the next one until you overcome uh, the one before it. And um, my biggest one was just, how do you live without hands? It's just, I mean, because I have always loved cooking and gardening and flowers and and. No, I cannot do any of those things. And I'll tell you, I've tried every which way. It's just, <laughs> it's just that's one thing. You know, the family will sit back and watch me struggle if they know I want to get something accomplished, but they don't want to just watch me struggle cooking when they're hungry. So they're like, give me that, and they'll take over, and so I don't cook anymore. And, and I think it was just mostly confusion with I just didn't know what I was supposed to make with this, you know, I believe there's a purpose in everything. And, you know, God allowed this to happen in our lives, but why? What is the message? And that's what took me forever to figure out. And I got to tell you, when I started my blog and just started writing and sharing and learning Oh my goodness, the learning term for blogging is so outrageous. I mean, here I am two years later, and I'm still like spending just as much time learning something than doing anything else. And it was in that immersion that I found why this happens. Mm-hmm. And it was like this huge uh, light bulb, light bulb cloud opening up. And what that was is, I mean, everywhere I go, people, people look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're such an inspiration." And I'm like, "You don't even know me." <laughs> but because you know, I'm an inspiration because I don't have hands and feet. I don't think that's what makes you an inspiration. And so I kept hearing, you're an inspiration, you're an inspiration. I'm like, well, by golly, let's be an inspiration then. And so in One Exceptional Life, it gives me an opportunity to just help the people who are struggling, whether it's with a uh, physical challenge, a, a mental challenge, a financial, it doesn't matter. Because everybody, every day has challenges in their life, but, you know, they can all be worked through. And so my aha moment is my blog is my witness for Jesus Christ. And I can drive. We've got the car, you know, there's really not much that needed to be adjusted on the car so that I could drive, but I don't like to. I don't want to leave the house. I'm happy here. I go if I need to, but most of the time it's just, you know, on Saturdays or when the kids are around, we'll get out of the house and go shopping and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm here all the time, and that doesn't really give me an opportunity to be a good witness for the Lord. And so I've taken my blog and created a venue to be able to do that so that when I'm writing about overcoming challenges and I'm bringing in the fact that you know through your faith through growing your faith a closer relationship with the Lord he's going to give you the strength and in everything give thanks Hmm. reach out and help other people because my family spent a lot of time at the hospital but there was a local organization that took it upon themselves to bring us meals every single day and I went in the hospital April 3rd, Thanksgiving. We told them, you got to stop coming. <laughs> These women kept coming. And my husband was like, you know, we're whole. I can cook for my family. It's good. The kids can cook. No, nope. They all signed up. You're not going to tell them no. You're not going to rob them of their blessings. 
And so that's where the kindness part of my message comes in because that's how the kids got to learn. This is how you treat other people. Um, And then just the positivity aspect is why be grumpy? You know, it may not be great all the time, but it's still great. And I have never been much of a pessimist. So um, I think just that was one thing people always told me, you know, you always have a smile on your face, no matter what you're going through. Sitting there in that wheelchair in church, you're still smiling. And, you know, it's just pulling the message together and sharing it with the world that doesn't have to be as bad as you make it out to be. Because there's just so many people that are just like, oh, no, I stubbed my toe. I have to take a week off work. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, come on. That's so true. I mean, it is such an excuse remover. And I mean, I, so in 2018, I broke my ankle running. I slept on black ice. And I'm still kind of recovering. But it was a huge shock to my system. And just thinking it was just an ankle. You know, it healed. And, uh, and knowing that I could use it as an excuse and most people would be okay with it. Right. And I think a lot of people, uh, would say, oh no, you don't have to do anything. You know, they would have that somewhat empathy or pity as saying, no, I, I, I get it. I get why you shouldn't feel like you need to do anything or whatnot. And I just think, man, the fact that you're willing to get out there and do something about it. And to affect others really just removes any excuse from us if we do stub a toe or do something. Because I mean, just thinking about the daily things that we like to do, like you said, you love to garden and cook, and that was somewhat taken away from you. So where does our passion lie? Does it lie in these things? Because I think running for me, if it was completely taken away from me forever, I'd be super sad. Um, But is it my whole life? And I think sometimes we put our passions into something that does become like an idol or a life for us instead of putting our trust in God and letting him be our passion and knowing that if something was taken away, he's going to give us something new and um, use us. Um, Is that something that you have processed through as well? Like um, knowing some of the things that you can't do, are there new things that you can do um, that he's shown you as gifts? Um, yeah, you know, I think that blogging has kind of just taken over. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm a Christian blogger means I can't share stuff if I don't know it. Mm. And, you know, in the blogging community, there are people that write similar topics. And so just, um, Friending those people. And, you, you know, it's funny with everything that's going on in the world. I don't like to watch the news and, you know, even Facebook can get gory sometimes, but the Facebook algorithm is based on what you focus on most. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going through Facebook, I don't see all the negativity because of where I'm surrounding myself, you know? So it's, it's, it's um, enabled me to branch out and meet some new people. Um, I spend way more time in the Bible than I ever have before. And just just by saying, you know what, let's write some stuff down and see what comes of that. Yeah. You know? Um, so it, it really does consume a lot of my time, I could be working on my laptop from the minute I wake up to until I go to bed if I don't just shut it down on my husband comes home. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's I mean, there's just, well, you know what it's like to run a blog. It's just overwhelming sometimes, but in a good way for me because truly I used to, have you ever heard of the anniversary effect? No. What is that? What it is, is like, if you've ever lost a loved one or if you've had a major accident in your life and you just will always remember that date, okay. right? 
Mm-hmm. And that even without knowing the day is coming, you know it's here because you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced that? I would say, yeah, definitely experienced that. Just didn't know what that was called. And so my, I lost my mom a uh, couple, of, not, not in the same year. She died in 2002, but it was mid-March when she died. And then two weeks later is when this whole thing happened. So every year at the midpoint of March, and I wouldn't even be paying attention to the date. I would get depressed and sad and just cry. And I couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden, it's like every year at the same time this happens. And that's what the anniversary effect. It happens to a lot of people. And so what I found is because I was immersed in my whole blogging world, was it last year? Yeah, I guess it was last year. I looked at the calendar, it was like April 15th. And I went to the hospital um, April 3rd. Okay. I missed it. For the last seven, eight years, I have been mourning this date. And just, Hmm. but last year, it came and went. And I was like, all it takes is a distraction. When you've got something that takes your mind off the sad parts of life, it'll happen without you. Mm. And that's a pretty cool thing. And same thing happened this year. Um, I didn't have a problem with those dates and life went on and it was good. Wow. That's cool. So blogging has kind of distracted you from that and kind of become that passion. Um, So that, and that's probably not something you would have ever thought of doing before. Right? Isn't that funny how things change though? And it's like, nope, you can be used however you are going to be used. And if and I think it's cool because he God takes the weak, I say weak people, but you know, he takes us from our pain and from our trial, and he wants to use us. And he wants to use us in places we're not confident because then we can't take the credit for it. We have to give that glory to him. You know, and I always think about that going, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter how he uses us. It matters that we're willing. And I think that's, and blogging now has become a joy for you. So let's talk a little bit about blogging um, because how do you, how do you type? Do you do voice blog? How, How does it work for you? What does your day look like? So I, I don't even remember how it came to be. If somebody suggested it or we just figured it out. But I have this little um, strap on my wrist. Okay. And if you look at like the the medical supplies catalogs, it comes with a spoon. Okay. So it is really designed to help people just to be able to eat. But I stuck a stylus in mine. And it's how I type. I can type faster with this thing than my husband can type with two hands. Oh, wow. So, um, I, every once in a while, I'm thinking I've got this because I do everything on my phone and then move it onto my laptop when it comes time to publish. But um, I'm like typing on my phone, and there's this little microphone right there. <laughs> but sometimes it's just way more trouble to go back and edit everything that they thought you said than it is just to type it myself. So um, I just I use my stylus for everything. I can, uh, you know, dial the phone or work on the laptop or um, turn pages in a book or anything like that. So, uh, but I do use my phone for the majority of everything I do, you know, whether it's just writing or um, social media, advertising, marketing, all that stuff. It's all done on my phone. Okay. That is so cool. So, um, you know, what would be, what do you think the biggest thing, if you were to take one big takeaway from your experience, what do you think the biggest takeaway was? I'm going to bring it back around to the gratitude because, you know, like you said, God uses us when we're weak to do great things. And 
he also says he takes your experiences and makes you able to help other people with those experiences. It's just like I, back in 2000, I went through breast cancer. And so as a cancer survivor, I can relate to somebody who's going through cancer. Mm-hmm. And now I can relate to people who lose limbs. So I'm hoping this is the end of the whole <laughs> qualification period, but um, it's given me the ability to relate to other people. And so I always say, you've got to look for the blessings in everything. You know, the worst things can be happening, but God's going to use it for our good and his glory. So it took me seven years to figure it out, but I kept searching. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you just got to look and find out where can this be a blessing? How can this be a good thing? What can I use this for? How can I help somebody else? And I guess just in, in all things, give thanks. And that's why, you know, gratitude for me is just, I'm such an advocate for it because there's just way too many pity parties out there. And I'm like, stop complaining and find something to be thankful for. You know, you may not like your job, but guess what? You have a job. You know, you you may have this wrong with you or that wrong with you, but you can still do this. And so, yeah, so I'm just, what are you thankful for today? I often put that on my Facebook page. And you would be surprised that sometimes you just, you get a lot of, um, yeah, I'm thankful, but. Hmm. And for me, I just like, there's no but. Just be thankful. You're blessed. Own it, you know? Oh, I love it. And that's something every morning when I'm in my quiet time, I journal. And I journal three things I'm thankful for, just three gratitudes I have every day. But I think part of it is it just changes that mindset. Instead of thinking about the things you don't have and the negative, it helps you start your day to think about, what you do have, because I mean, we are so blessed and in multiple facets. And, um, and that's been a huge thing for me. And I probably just started doing that a few years ago. And I can't imagine, I can, I can't even tell you how much it's changed just my day by doing it. Now I know you have a a giveaway, um, or something with gratitude. Can you share a little bit about that and how I'll link it so they can find it, but Um, I often hear, oh, I write the same old things every day in my gratitude journal. I just, you know, I write other things to be thankful for. And that's because people don't, you know, they're thankful for their family and their health and their job and their home. Okay. What else is there? Right. But when you start looking at, you know, I look out the window and see trees everywhere and I'm like, God is so good. Mm-hmm. you know and so what i did is i made um not your typical 30 day calendar but a 40 day calendar with idea prompts of things to be thankful for and so that way you know it's got things like you know what utility did you use today that you could be thankful for or or you know what did you have for dinner that you could be thankful for? And just little tiny things that people just don't automatically go to when they're journaling. They're just like, okay, I wrote that yesterday, but I don't know what to, that I'm thankful for. So it's just a little help for me to do that. I love that. Now, why 40 days? I, I have my ideas, but I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? This is funny because when I was making the calendar, there were a bunch of boxes. How <laughs> template and I was just like I didn't want to leave all these boxes blank I just kept filling them in and I figured let's make it longer and see if it helps I love it yeah I was thinking because 40 days is huge like in scripture and stuff and it reminds me of the Israelites and how much they complain and that you know getting to their promised land would have only taken 40 days but yet it took them 40 years so I just think um you know a day 
and, and don't let it take longer. And part of that comes with being grateful. And I went through a season of learning that myself and um, really studying that. And I think it's just a huge, huge thing. Instead of complaining, how do you turn your complaint into a gratitude? Because in every complaint, you could change it. You could turn it. So I think that's awesome to have those prompts because I, I do that too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not thankful today. So I'll just say I'm thankful for my family. You know, like there's just those days that you're just going, I don't know what I can be thankful for. You're having that hard day. You want to have the pity parties. So having that prompt to say, oh yeah, I had a really good meal today. Oh, I actually slept eight hours. You know, whatever it is, just something little. Somebody had coffee with me. And I think that that's really cool. So I'll definitely link that so that um, listeners can grab it. Because I, I mean, gratitude is huge. And if, there, if you're not already doing it, try it because it will change your mindset. I think that's one huge thing. When I talk about mindset, a lot of it comes from changing the way we think. And that comes from gratitude. So, um, so what is one piece of advice that you could give someone who's working to get past their fear and into their breakthrough? Um, well, first you look to the Lord mm-hmm. and, you know, just without trying to, oftentimes, you know, we go to the Bible because we're stuck and we're looking for God to tell us what we think we should do. Like, I've got this idea of what I should do. Let God confirm it for me. You know what I mean in the Bible? But he tells us not to lean on our own, our own understanding. And so, you know, when we're praying, we have to pray and just listen for his soft voice to tell us. And it may not be that day or that week or seven years later. Who knows? But if you keep at it, you'll you'll get the message. And through allowing him to work in our lives mm-hmm. and trusting him and taking chances and course correcting and finding gratitude in the opportunities in the challenges in in everything and never ever think you're never going to get through it. Hmm. Never give up, never say die, never surrender. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Faith and gratitude and, and positive, let's get her done mindset will get you there every time. I believe that. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so if anyone, any, if any of the listeners want to connect with you and find you, where can they find you? What platform are you on the most? I'm mostly on Facebook. I have a One Exceptional Life Facebook page. And I believe you have the link for that too, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we'll link that. Yeah, that is my main um, social media channel. Awesome. And then the blog is oneexceptionallife.com. Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's really nicely laid out. It's beautiful. The words are beautiful. So go check it out. Um, you will definitely find positivity and kindness and all the things that we should be dwelling on. That's something that I've been working on, working through in this season, even because my feed was negative. <laughs> I finally got off Facebook. I'm not on it right now. And the reason for that is because I really felt God really telling me, you need to dwell on what is beautiful. You need to dwell on what's pure, what's lovely, what's right, what's admirable, you know, the verse. And I wasn't doing that, even though. I was thinking I was learning and doing all these things. It was like, it was taking my mind. It was putting me in negative places. And so it's so important what we put, what do we feed our mind every, every day? And to really think about, is this, is this lovely? Is this right? Is this praiseworthy? You know, and I think um, that's what listeners will get from your blog. So I'm excited to keep um, following it and to have others come follow along as well. And also, you know, when you do find that negativity, that's when you just unfriend and subscribe and whatever, and it just creates a better feed for you. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. This has been so fun, Wendy. I hope you had a good time. And I, I have, 
Yeah, good. I, I appreciate all that you shared. So much wisdom and so much light. And just the fact that this is your, a ministry for you. And I just love that you get to minister to these women and empower them to do big things and to overcome their own excuses and to be led by God. Very good. Thank you so much. I hope you were as blessed with this conversation as I was. I just feel like, man, anytime that I'm going to have a pity party or anytime that I'm just feeling like I don't want to do something or that I can't do it, I'm going to remember that I can do all things through Christ. And I'm going to think about Wendy's story and know that if she can be an overcomer and she can overcome those excuses that she could have had, then I can do the same thing. And I hope that you feel the same way. I would encourage you to grab that gratitude prompt that she has. I will link it for you. But, and I also encourage you, if you haven't been doing gratitude and writing down gratitudes every day, take a week or two weeks or a month and do it. Write down one to three gratitudes that you have each day. They can be super simple. Uh, they can be super detailed. Like maybe uh, you just had a, loved your cup of coffee that day or you went on a walk or just something little about your kids. Maybe they said something funny. Whatever it is, write it down and see what it does to your mindset because I'm telling you, it's one of the best ways to shift your mindset into a positive one full of thankfulness. So I hope you do that. And I hope you tune in next time. Dream huge. And remember, you are a winner. Just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go, though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify, as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast and helping it reach the listeners who would love to add it to their library. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. If you're not a part of the free Red Hot Winners online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you go after your biggest goals. And we can continue today's conversation over there. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.